Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Well, 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 look at this. I can't believe it. This statement is just zero, 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 zero. Oh, no. Is that? Oh, no. That's awful. Coffers are empty over at Punk Rock Elite Towers. Well, I've had a look in the in the tin. Nothing. I've I've had a look behind my favourite poster. Not telling you which. Nothing. Mm. And uh, I hate to say it, but uh, been on the blower to TSB. Absolutely zilch. Well, you're going to have to start selling your body, Eddie. One kidney at a time. One kidney at a time in order to stop us from having no money in the back. Oh, I see what I've done. But I I do have some money in the bank. What we have today are our special guests, no money in the bank. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. No, I get you now. I should have noticed from the brackets. But uh, we have got emo comedy double act, uh, no money in the bank. Uh, as our special guest today, which is exciting, isn't it? Absolutely. Lovely pair of lads. Uh, yes. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, uh, thank you. Well, what have you been up to before we uh, head over yonder? I have been busy writing a pantomime. Which, of course you have. Uh, I'll be performing in uh, the Contact Theatre in Manchester this Christmas. It's Cinderella this year, um, which means I'm returning to my favourite panto role of Buttons. Buttons. Um, and been adding, uh, writing a lot of really cheesy gags for the panto. Um, mm. And I've been getting really stuck into that. And uh, yeah, and also being just gone, I've been to so many weddings. I'm going to a wedding next week, did a wedding last week. I'm fucking sick of weddings. Can everyone just stop? Please. I was going to say, I uh, well, do you know what it was, Red? I don't know if you noticed, but oh, yeah. uh, people were getting a bit, uh, bit sniffles a couple of years back. People were getting a bit, a uh, bit of the old coughs and sneezes spread diseases. So yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we've had what would be the normal weddings, the one weddings that we would regularly have, and then mm. all of these other rescheduled ones on top. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. So we're getting like double, aren't you? Because yeah, yeah. you're right. Because um, my friend uh, uh, Sam Gore is a fantastic comedian. Yes. Uh, he had to reschedule his wedding um, mm. uh, a couple times. So yeah, we sort of he's had get... a he's had a peculiar run of luck for uh, as far as weddings go. But uh, they're his stories to tell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot about all that. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't. <laughs> um, I should say, Sam Gore uh, is the brains behind ICU, the uh, internet celebrity slash political horror stories, um, and IC News, the podcast uh, on which Red and I both appear sometimes. Yeah, a fantastic writer, great comedian. Please do check out IC News. Also, I got to see Sam on the weekend. Um, oh, cool. We all went round to his house and... Um, um, well, we took a lot of acid, but you know, let's not get sure. into that. It, <laughs> let's not go all coaster on you and like <laughs> tell you how brilliant the being uh, inebriated is. <laughs> <laughs> being high is fun, actually. Reads headline on the Daily No Effects. Um, 
lots and lo- I'm just imagining lots of fat mics in like lab coats, just looking at beakers and going, "Wait a minute, I think this might be enjoyable." Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a wonderful world. Uh, yes. So okay. So you've been you've been just doing the the wedding circuit. Yeah. Do, yeah. Just putting putting my time in, putting my mm. hours in. And uh, my, my girlfriend's been uh, a maid of honor twice this year. Wow. And, it, and you, maid of shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, yeah. I like it. The last wedding I went to, which was, uh, when was it? May? June? No, it was in June. It was in June. Uh-huh. I had no official role, which was brilliant. So uh, enjoy myself. Although I was doing that stupid uh, dieting thing, so I couldn't even enjoy uh, a nice drink because I don't have a drink very often. Uh, but I thought uh, I don't even have to, you know, drive or do anything that day. So I could have enjoyed it. But uh, <laughs> I was doing the stop be fat diet. It's not what it's called. Um, and uh, it prohibits <laughs> booze. So I uh, and I knew that I was going to be uh my friend Dylan, uh, Indian, so I knew, and I knew that the food was going to be Indian, and that is some of my favourite food. So I knew I was already going to break the diet food-wise. I thought if I was going to sling booze on top of that, it's probably irresponsible. So yeah. So instead, I ate a lot of curry. So, but what what have you enough. been uh, up to this week? Gosh, I've I've been. Um, let me just double check the diary. I'll tell you what I have been doing. I mean, earlier this week. Um, I put together in a single afternoon seven wardrobes. Wow. Yes, in my handy them capacity. Some people thought they needed seven wardrobes in their house all at once. And uh, the only drawback to building seven wardrobes in a room slightly bigger than seven wardrobes is that every wardrobe you make makes it harder to build the next one as there is much less space all around. So of course. I was mainly playing IKEA Tetris. And you've got a uh, a pride gig coming up this weekend as well. I've got a pride gig tomorrow as we record, but it'll have been a few days ago. Um yes, I'll be at Birmingham Cannock actually, Cannock, which is where my Yes, north of Birmingham, where my maternal grandmother li- uh, lives. She doesn't live. Uh, my maternal grandmother uh was from, so uh, it'll be a strange homecoming representing a community she had little to no understanding of. So it'll <laughs> <laughs> be fun. Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to that and then um I am um... No point telling you about that gig because that will happen the day before it comes out. But I'm in Stockton uh, then. But I am, uh... yeah, I've got nothing much coming up really in a couple of weeks. Um, in uh, Stockton again and a family improv show. Don't come to that. But yeah, Ooh, I've actually got some exciting news that we could we could pop here right before Ooh. the start of the episode. Let's um, do it. We've. We've uh, we've been asked to book the comedy stage for Manchester Punk Festival again. Oh yay! So over the next couple of weeks, I'll be finalising the lineup for that. Um, my, myself uh, and Eddie, as long as uh, they're free, will 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 be appearing. I will um, be because I've seen the dates of Manchester Punk Festival, which have just been announced. It is Easter weekend, twenty ninth to the thirty first of March. Yes. The lineup is being announced soon. Yeah, I was just going to say on the 18th, which I think is a, a, a week after this is released. But you'll be listening to this on the 4th, so it's two weeks. Of course. 
So two weeks from today, the initial lineup, I'm sure bands will be added after that, but you know, mm-hmm. the the biggins, I imagine, uh, will be uh, announced. And it's always a fantastic weekend. So get your early birds. I think I seem to remember ninety pounds being a uh, being a thing. Yeah, I think I mean like they they always the do. Birds, uh, right? it, it's it's always worth catching the early birds for this festival. It is a very uh, fairly priced festival, but if yep. you do get the early birds, it's it's an even fairer price. Yes, it's uh, if anything, it's slightly unfair, but to Manchester Punk Festival. So, <laughs> um, and yeah. we will be having um, one, maybe two of the organisers uh, on the podcast soon. Yes, absolutely. Um, and there's even talk of potentially some sort of live punk rock elite event. Yes. So we'll see what we can do with that, which would be very, very exciting. Uh, but Red and I will be doing stand up there, uh, even if we're not in the full punk rock elite Voltron of combining <laughs> ourselves. <sighs> A obscure reference, even by my own, but I keep forgetting we're, you know mainly elder millennials who listen to this because uh, we're talking about no effects so voltron is a, a perfectly valid um <laughs> reference to make yeah so that's exciting um i uh I, d- I don't want to i don't want to put a downer on anything but um i've been uh i've been lightly upset this past week oh, by really? uh by a particular number that number is 3.7 oh okay now i don't know but if you have um two sets of five and yep. one set of one, mm-hmm. and you average that out, it's 3.7, which is why on Apple Podcasts at the moment, we are <laughs> rated a 3.7 on account <laughs> of having two five-star reviews and one one-star review. Basically, I think what Eddie is trying to say is, please, please, please <laughs> give us the reviews that we so strongly deserve. <laughs> Could we please try and drag that up into the fours at least i'd be I'd absolutely fine if we were in the fours if if you see if you if you if you were thinking of getting around to reviewing us or giving us a star rating on whatever podcast app you use um then now's a brilliant time to do it if you if you go to do it and you see we're already in the fours just do it anyway, please. That would be great. We'd really, really like it. Um, it'd on be on really, the plus really... side, though, mm-hmm. you know, 3.7 for a no effects podcast, I mean, I mean, that's roughly 60%. Yeah, it, it is, in fact, <laughs> just over 60%. However, I'm not so keen on being that on brand that we put mm-hmm. off people. Mm-hmm. And that's not about our effort. It's about the enjoyment we provide. And I think we provide more than 60% enjoyment. But, I mean, who would have thought I would enjoy a podcast about no effects? That would be weird, wouldn't it? So, um, <laughs> And I've realized that we don't really ask for reviews and stuff like that. I know I put a little thing in the last ones talking about, you know, um, uh, letting people know, spreading the word, which would be really, really great. And that's the best thing you can do for us, really. But uh, I think on Spotify, you can review or like give star ratings to individual episodes mm-hmm. and stuff. So if you're listening to this one and you really enjoy it, if it takes no time out of your day, we'd really, really appreciate a nice, uh, a nice rating because it does help re- get us to reach out to other people who'd probably love to find us. So we appreciate that. 
yeah it all it, it all helps and we really appreciate uh, all the support that people give us we absolutely do and i'm so sorry i had to sound desperate and pathetic using maths <laughs> but i didn't know how else to broach it to you so uh so there's all that but uh you know we we do we we're, we are staggered how many people actually listen to this fucking thing anyway so you know all of this other stuff is just uh you know window dressing but you know we'd we'd love it if uh, more people could hear it and i think one of the ways you can help us do that is spreading the word and also those reviews so anyway thank you appreciate it sorry for being uh, needy um but you know there you go so that's what uh, we've all been up to but i think um i think it's probably time we speak to our friends absolutely let's do it we're going to go over to leeds premier emo comedy double act Andrew and Tom, no money in the bank. We'll see you on the outro. And here they are, the empty coffered kings of emo comedy, no money in the bank. Oh, that's a lovely thing to hear. Yes. Nice, isn't it? Well, yes. Tom B and Andrew Marsh, please say hello. Hello. Hello, Punk Rock Elite. Hello. Hello. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'd call us if we were going out. Uh, all of the, uh, all of the, the, the trashy mags. Um, thank you so much for. Go and then if you broke up, you'd be a ready break. Great. Oh yeah, very good. All sorts. We would be central heating for kids. <laughs> now it falls down there, doesn't it? We've, uh, we've, we've crossed the, crossed the Rubicon. The kids no. is a terrible magazine. Mm-hmm. Say again. I said, "Heat for Kids" would be a terrible magazine. <laughs> it really would. It's just that would just be sort of playground jeering, really, wouldn't it? But written yeah. on on recyclable paper. Um, so yeah, so we are we are uh, very very happy to be joined here at um, Punk Rock Elite Towers by No Money in the Bank, Andrew and Tom. Please uh, tell us about No Money in the Bank first of all. How, what, what what's all of that? Oh, God damn it. Uh, we're double act from Leeds, basically just best mates who enjoy trying to make comedy out of star band names and weird little things that we like in the emo music. And we now also book bands on top of the comedy because why not? It's, it's promoting isn't stressful enough as it is, right? So. <laughs> I uh, I do like the way that you are so confident in your abilities to make Scar Band names funnier than they already are. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, you um you've been uh, yeah you sort of started out uh from my perspective as uh, as I sort of recall you've been doing um sort of open mic night scratch night kind of things in Leeds. Uh, and uh, uh, other cities as well. Um, and you've you've always had excessively good posters for what amounts to sort of, you know, good, but not particularly out of the ordinary open mic nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had to, we to like, draw them in and then disappoint them. Not quite what I was getting at, but... The, uh, but no, no. <laughs> Point being is that basically what you've done is you've elevated the content to match the uh, the peerless poster design that you've been enjoying um, for so long by, by yeah by basically doing the thing that most comedians absolutely dread, which is um, we've got a band on after you lot, 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. And you've managed to turn that into a, an actual draw and a show that people have been enjoying going to see. Yeah, it's strange. Like we always say that we don't know why anyone else has done it, and then we kind of do remember how many mitz bills we've been on, and it's like, oh yeah, because it, when it's done badly, it can be absolutely terrible. But mm-hmm. but it's I think the thing I like about how we do it, and I think why people enjoy doing it as well as coming to it is we try and give just everybody a bit of a chance to shine. Like everybody, like it's only two acts; they're both doing twenty minutes. We're doing a bit of extended nonsense, and then the band has half an hour. It's usually a DIY band who is stupid enough to say yes to us, and you know, and it just gives them a moment to shine. And also, it they tend to bring people too because when you're a little DIY band, you're usually telling your mates that you're on a bill with five other bands that aren't the same genre, and you probably won't like them. Mm. Whereas <laughs> with our night, it's like right, you'll see like forty minutes of comedy, which you'll probably like, and then it's just us. It's nine, and that's more of a draw to people i don't know i think it's yeah. supported by it yeah uh a lot of bands it's a lot easier for a band to say to their mates come and see our band than it is for us to say to our mates come and see an open mic <laughs> <laughs> essentially can't yeah, fault really that. Used to have goodwill over like, the last eight years <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is the thing isn't it no one no one ever tells you when you start out doing stand-up or any kind of comedy you know, your friends will come and see you once <laughs> That's like, like whenever people ask us for comedy advice or under it because they're new so they ask us uh, it's like my the only bit of advice i ever give is like don't make your mates come to the open mics like when you go to edinburgh tell them to come to that because if you tell because yeah. if you come to your open mic and then you say come to my edinburgh they will not trust you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly if you oh, sorry, go. there was there was two people that came to see their mate at our normal open mic comedy night the other week and they specifically asked if their mate could be pushed to second on the bill just so they could leave after <laughs> after their mate had been on wow which I, I, don't know. Know, I don't know i don't know if it's worse that they asked that or the fact that i uh did it granted their... <laughs> <laughs> the other acts don't need to see two people looking really really bored <laughs> two more people looking really really bored yeah. It is that, yeah, that's the, uh, it's one of those things where certainly from running open mic nights over the years, if you spot someone who's brought, let's face it, up to 80% of the audience, it's like, uh, do you know what, you're not bad at this actually, do you fancy closing tonight? Do you want to go on last? (laughs) Just really try and make sure that they stick around for as long, because if they're on first, everyone is, uh, hey, tell you what, there's a much better bar than this shit place. (laughs) Yeah. But two cities away. Let's go to it now. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, that kind of thing. So what you've been, uh, you've been uh, all over the place. You're based in Leeds, Tom. You were recently, up until recently, Manchester based. But you've you've both located. Yeah, but you're sort of. So you've been running out of Leeds and Manchester now, concentrating on well, both of you out of Leeds. But you've been all over the shop. Yeah, it's. Well, like, who do, who doesn't want to go on tour with the mate? And but no one puts that for comedy, so we just found a bunch of rooms that would let us do it. And it's it, we've just been doing Valhalla in other places. Really, Bristol was a lot of fun. Uh, mm. We did it in the big room at the Exchange, which is a lovely venue. Specialist subject run just in the roof of it as well. So it's that's a record label. Just so. <laughs> like really, really lovely place. And 
somehow managed to well near sell it out. I made the pictures look like it was sold out, but near sell it out. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we've got Penren coming up, which mm. is my uni town, and oh, I was right. forever away. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. We've got a wait. We haven't booked the band yet. Right, we've got a we've got a few in, but we've got Dan who is our mate who basically is very good at comedy and also drives us everywhere. So it's like a wonderful combination. Um, uh, we've got Dan, Dan Powell. Dan Powell, thank you. Mabel Slattery and uh, my friend Ethel Darwin, who's doing a clown act. So it's going to be a fun, weird show no matter what. Yes. And uh, we were in London to host a punk aldea uh, oh, yeah. last weekend, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Because we dick around for five minutes every between every act. You remember like at Leeds and Reading where like um, Colin Murray would come on the main, main stage? <laughs> Don't compare us to Colin Murray. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna do worse than that. I remember Chris Moyles doing that at Leeds Festival. So, uh, stick with Colin Murray if I were you. At least he used to host the darts. <laughs> uh, so we we were the we were the punk rock Colin Murray for the day, and we would we would uh, perform between bands, wouldn't we? Oh, such a good star band name, Colin Murray and the Punk Rockers. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Rocky and the Punk Murrays. <laughs> Yeah. How do you find like going on in between like bands and stuff? I mean, we I we love it. I Some yeah, it's like the only so it can depend on the band and it can depend on where in the bill as well because yeah because we this is the second year we've done the hosting for How to Make Friends and the first year we weren't on as much so it was a lot easier to kind of like build momentum and build that excitement for over there because essentially we see our job as getting people in the venue and giving them something to focus on for five minutes so that none of the bands are going on to an empty room because mm-hmm. there's nothing yeah. worse than that first like two three minutes of a band where just everyone's coming in the smoking area yeah so it's kind of our job to draw them in and keep their attention which is bloody hard when um like it's not you know it's not really what they're expecting yeah but we just use you know <clears throat> stupid games give away CEX prizes and do football champs. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, you know. We gave away a limited edition PK DVD last weekend, didn't we? Yeah. Is yeah. there such a thing as a limited edition PK DVD? <laughs> they made well, billions well, was, of those it things. It was signed by us and it had a bonus oh. disc. And it was signed by, had a bonus disc which was made entirely out of garlic bread. So. <laughs> That's what we did to prepare for the show. We didn't we didn't look over the games. We just ran around CAX trying to find a DVD and then some garlic bread. <laughs> and actually, it wasn't even garlic bread. In it. We were unable to find garlic bread. Yeah, so it, was it was a naan bread, but you know, <laughs> it, still, it still worked. That's um, uh, I mean, that's like the music community in that side of it is very warm and receptive to us, and I think like. The feedback we usually get is like people just very happy that someone's there to hype everyone up and you know get get people chanting for the first band, right? mm-hmm. which is fun. Mm-hmm. Just fun to do. Yeah, still haven't started a circle pit just for a bit of observational comedy though. <laughs> <laughs> just just fun, Jay, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. Good people. What's the deal with opening up this fucking pit? <laughs> 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 I did. I mean. Now that's out. That's out in the world. That's got to happen sooner or later. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think that. I mean, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and 
sick of it all. The two New York institutions, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> they've not, they've not been combined. Is, uh, is I would love to see sick of it all at Caroline's. I think do <laughs> <laughs> a good set. Yeah. That's, uh, and I would like to see Jerry Seinfeld um, just curling weights for 40 minutes before he goes on in a vest. <laughs> I reckon Kramer could front a hardcore band now. Yeah, Kramer could definitely. One of yeah. those specific types of hardcore bands. <laughs> one, one of those ones who think everything's got a bit pussified. <laughs> one of them lot. Yeah. 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 He's new Chromag's not old. <laughs> is my my theory anyway but yeah so how did uh how did you two get into uh you know punk rock and um uh, and all the rest of it what's your origin stories um you do oh um yeah but my origin story is that like i really liked some 41 when i was 11 it's... everyone has an origin story <laughs> um i i was quite sheltered from a lot of popular music i grew up on like like Radio Four folk festival coverage from my parents and like very middle class shit, and all of my music influence came from my best friend Pete, who burnt me most of his CDs. But the standout one and the one that was my alarm clock in my CD player for about two years was Blink Eight Two's "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I still have the burnt CD with a little printed out liner notes he did for me in there, just <laughs> like. Just, you know, neurodiversity travels in packs, doesn't it? So it's... <laughs> <laughs> but in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, just at its typical point, I mean, I really liked Star as I was the archetypal Star friend as as a teen, as certainly in university. And I kind of doubled down on it in university because no one in my friend group had my music taste. So I was like, real, like not reluctantly, like stubbornly the Star guy. And then, <laughs> then I fell back into pop punk and emo, and it just got more and more obscure the older I got. Actually, right when I turned thirty, I got really into weird time signatures. I don't know if that's like up there with the IPA and you know microbro and stuff. But does that mean you started listening to American football? Yeah, it's your fault too. Good one. Blink One Eight Two for me. Um, I heard all the small things. I, I mean, everyone heard that song. I mean, showered from it. It was number two in the chart. Yeah, no, never heard it until I was given the CD and went back to Enema. I didn't realise it was popular. Yeah. Well, and then, so that's all I'd heard from them. And then my friend had friends in California and they brought over the live album, the uh, Enema Strikes Back, Maximum Travis show. And a lot of those jokes now are. Probably not worth repeating, but when you're like, what was I? When you're like 15 years ago, 15 years old, that was like the funniest shit. Those, you know, Mark talking about masturbation and, and, uh, you know, it was just funny. Because you masturbated. So you like, ah, get me. (laughs) This must be that observational humor that people have been talking about. Uh, and they went from there, and then so I suppose they were my gateway band, and then everything off the back of that, pretty much. Well, that's it. yeah, because I think you're a, a shade younger than than myself, and so um, I sort of, you know, I, not dissimilar. I sort of, you know, was quite excited when when um, uh, I remember Dookie 
um, the singles from Dookie being around, but it was actually Nimrod where I was much more aware yeah. of uh, of that kind of thing. And then, uh, like within a year or two, um, like What's My Age Again and all the small things came out. And that's how I sort of found out about you know Blink One Eight Two and stuff. But by that time, I'd already got into sort of No Effects and the sort of less stuff that you weren't going to hear on you know, stuff that wasn't going to be on top of the pops yeah. and um because that was the weirdest thing is like they were on top of the pops it was like this is incredibly accessible music no, mm-hmm. sonically and also you could just get it um yeah. but yeah there's i think there's a, a a lot of people i don't know because i think with blink 182 some people sort of like got into it because it was catchy and fun and irreverent and like you say 15 year old manner from heaven and then sort of later on they go, no, 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 I, I don't recognize that. And then eventually they go back and go, no, I, I do recognize that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you sort of go back and you, you stop caring and you don't uh, get, you know, you're not so precious, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think Blink themselves are the same because you've got the whole way you got self-titled, which is, you know, again, much more sonically pleasing. And then there's slightly more mature stuff. And then they kind of like came back together <clears> and a, a bunch of 40-something-year-old men writing a song called Edging. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, they, they remembered what worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I maintain it was uh, it was probably a bad idea to get Matt Skeever in the band because having a member of Blink One Eight Two who had had sex probably ruined. Some <laughs> <of that. laughs> I, I I always say I wish they'd done a with the Matt Skeever stuff. I wish they'd just done a Descendants and all sort of thing, just oh, yeah. like. Just basically, it is the same band, but it's someone new. So just give them a different name, and yeah. it's fine. Mm. But and I think people would have been a bit more receptive to it because it is like the only reason it's out of place in Blink's discography is that it's kind of a bit more capable. But it's, <laughs> I would, I love them. I do love them. <laughs> I wouldn't say capable. I mean, Frank along has got a very distinctive voice. Yes, but so do I. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it wasn't a bad decision for Ski, but that was a, he fucking probably paid his mortgage off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. What I thought was really funny as well was that in that first sort of photo shoot where they revealed their new guitarist, he was wearing like Hurley t-shirts and like baseball caps, and I'm like, what? You're normally a Tim Burton looking motherfucker with all your stripey shit and your drain pipes. And it's like, okay, guys, it's like he was given a uniform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to point one eight two. Here is your Atticus uniform. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was uh, and that was uh, that was what I and then within about a month you were you know, oh first live footage of Matt Skiba with um Blink One Eight Two. He's dressed like he's normally doing he just did it so as not to frighten the frighten the natives i think yeah. <laughs> really so worried sorry. that they sorry they carry on no no, no i was just saying they were really worried they'd let a grown-up into the group or something but yeah sorry you were saying <laughs> so, so, i'm sure so, i was discussing that with someone and the idea of that first photo shoot was that if you make him look exactly like tom to the general person who might buy a blink 182 ticket who's not actually a super fan they yeah. might not notice it's a different person. It's not going to yeah. cloud their judgment of a different member coming into the band kind of thing. Oh, maybe. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I'm, I'm sure someone was telling yeah. me. There's, there's got to be a reason that <laughs> Skiba was dressed in a way that he clearly hadn't dressed for about 20 years. 
it's just, I don't know. Anyway. Um, and so, um, and so uh, when did you start uh, doing comedy and stuff? What's your, your, your comedy origins? And um, I started in, well, I started in Leeds at the uh, Verve Comedy Cellar, Eddie, which I'm sure you're all too yeah. familiar with. Yes, uh, uh, the Comedy Cellar at Verve, which I ran for, God, five years or something. Did it feel like 15 at the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that shit was weekly. Still is. Still other is. people run it now. We, it got passed to me, and uh, and then I finally managed to pass it on, but it meant that uh, every Tuesday of my life for about five years was already sewn up. But yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite horror film about generational curses. <laughs> <laughs> it follows <laughs> the open mic. <laughs> it, it, to be honest, if you said to most comedians, oh, yeah. Uh, they say that there was a weekly open mic night here, ran for five years, and it was the same person who ran it. So, <laughs> <laughs> be a bit of a, a spine shudder, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um, and then, oh, sorry, uh, so I was gonna say, so then, but there wasn't much in Leeds at, like around 2014, so I would often go over to Manchester to do the open mics over there, hmm. and that's where I met Tom, okay. right. and then we bonded over music and wrestling. and that's, 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 I mean, that's not a bit like Tom right. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't wrestling each other after we reenacted Women in Love. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, that's my origin comedy wise, I suppose. And were you because you, you uh, correct me if I'm wrong? You primarily perform uh, as uh, Balthazar Dark, professional wrestler. Balthazar, Balthazar, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and was was it always the intention to do character stuff, or did you start out uh, um, with, uh, as yourself, or you know? I started out as myself for like I don't know four years, but then I just felt more comfortable being able, being able, being someone else on stage, hmm. and it wasn't necessarily funnier, but I believed it was going to be funnier, you know. That makes yeah. it more fun, doesn't it? Yeah, half the battle of making something work on stage is believing it's going to. Yeah, true enough. Um, so that's where that came from, pretty much. And then I'll just try to develop it, I suppose. But yeah, people seem and to like it. People, people do like it. Yeah. Sometimes. If they seem to like it, they they very likely like it. Yeah, <laughs> that is how I judge the situation. Uh, yeah, but, but there's not. People, people like are. I feel like I'm overcompensating sometimes. That's because you're a professional wrestler. I haven't got enough good jokes, so I end up taking my shirt off and getting someone to sign my stomach at the end. And you do this funny Vegas as a comedy influence, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Would Would you rather write jokes or be signed? To a music label? Just someone signing you, oh. just to walk away a signed... A signed man. A signed man. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I would rather write jokes. That's why you got me. But I mean, it, well, <laughs> whether I'm talking about my solo act or our oh, double okay. act, uh, if the option is us writing a lot of good stuff that doesn't or doesn't get seen by the widest amount of people, I would rather do that than get signed and realize you and they realize pretty quickly you got fuck all anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I I may have uh, been uh, miss. 
misunderstood them and as in you get someone to sign your stomach would you, oh, rather, yeah. would you rather do the oh, rather do the uh the taking your shirt off and being signed is that more fun than writing good jokes yes 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. well that's why you do it and don't you and you don't write good jokes there you go or you don't write more good jokes yeah. your own words i'm sounding like i'm anyway you know what i mean i only go on stage to do comedy because i want to be on stage um yeah. i can't act and I can't play in a band. I can't play anything. I can't sing. So it's it's the third. It's the third one of a. It's the third alternative, basically. So that's how I started doing comedy. And that's a refreshingly honest thing to say because <laughs> uh, I think that is not as uncommon a reason for doing stand up as people would have us believe. I, I, I started doing stand up because of a circus injury. So it's like it wasn't my first choice. Well, Still, that segues nicely into your uh, your secret origin there, Tom. Um, I started doing comedy when I was living in Germany, teaching circus to um, children. Why am I thinking about that? It was children. Five to nineteen. I, I taught. They were so- very small. I think they were young. I don't know what the word is. Kint. I think they were kint. <laughs> I was living there for. I was living there for a year, um, teaching circus, and I injured myself um, about uh, six months into that. Um, listened to a lot of comedians comedian podcasts because it cheered me up and found out there was quite a decent oops English spoken open mic scene. So jumped on that after MC and a couple of galas that I'd been booked to do like juggling and stuff and aerial in, but couldn't because I was injured. Mm-hmm. And I got a taste for microphones making the endorphins happen. Um yes, signed up, did a bunch of gigs over there, then started in Manchester and it was a lot more depressing in Manchester because again it was the same thing the only thing that you could do this is back in 2015 felt like it was just you know beat the frog or um like what it was tidal lounge but it was that it was basically that <clears throat> gone shows or the occasional 10 minute middle somewhere and mm-hmm. um, whereas now this I mean I don't live there anymore but now they're spoiled for choice Mm-hmm. Which is weird. It's like we were saying yesterday. I don't know why people still do gone shows. It's like you don't have to do them anymore. Yeah, true. Do you want to oh, hear the first ever joke I did at Beat the Frog? <laughs> Always. Please, yeah. For, the, for, the, for those unaware, Beat the Frog is the gong show at the Frog and Bucket. Uh, used to be Preston and Manchester. Now it's just Manchester because the Preston one's closed. Yeah. I, I went up and I said. <clears throat> I thought beating the frog was a euphemism that the incredible Hulk used for masturbation. And then and then I paused because I like to get a massive laugh. <laughs> 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 and one guy at the back just and then I went like this, because I was a bit confused. And then that, I got one small laugh from the guy at the back. And then I didn't do it again. <laughs> the last time I did it, again about God, five years ago, probably more. Um, I got gonned off at four minutes fifty nine seconds, <gasps> and was just like, "No, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mm. doing this anymore." <laughs> That's uh, whoever was comparing was gunning for you then, because they're like, "No, no, no, I saw all three. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> Have an idea oh, of who it. The sound engineer, wait, when it was, like, how long was that up there? He just like. Just you could hear the satisfaction in the voice over the four minutes, fifty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, brutal. I mean, love Colin at the Frog, but he would have 
absolutely loved that that would yeah. have that would <laughs> yeah. have been his breakfast lunch and dinner for the next week that would have <laughs> that would have really really sated him cool um so uh do you remember the first time that you heard no effects rock against bush volume two but i can't remember what the track was and i haven't looked it up um, but because my introduction to No Effects was I got that album because it had a yellow card song on it that wasn't on anything else so um, I can't remember the name of it now I just, Is it I Idiots Are Taking Over? Yes, I think it is I'm uh, finding out you, you That would be my guess anyway You say yours, I'm going to look up a trial No Effects did, the yellow card one was Violins, they covered a Lagwagon song uh, and no effects don't appear to be on it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Uh, maybe, maybe volume one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my, mine was Franco and American on all the music channels around all it have been. 2003. 2003, yeah. Whenever that came out. Um, that it does appear on in their live set when they play the UK a lot because... Yes. It, it was a, a a very popular track here compared to their previous releases. Oh, it was massive, wasn't it? It was like yeah. the full circulation. Was that less popular in America then? Was was Franco and American more like, popular? Like compar- comparatively, it's still it's still popular in America, but yeah. so had a lot of their other tracks because like Leave It Alone and had a lot of MTV play and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But I think in the UK we didn't really get them that early on. Yeah. Um, in terms of like mainstream play, but I, so I think Franco on American was a bit of a breakthrough track for them over here. Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd get stuff like Leave It Alone on like M two or MTV two, whichever yeah. iteration it was. But on like the um, it's the late night punk thing, and it would yeah. be like old music. Whereas Frank, when Franco on American was released, it was like on the new music circulation thing. So it was a, a lot more prevalent, I guess. And that that video is if you're flipping through the music channels and that video comes on, it's so distinctive, you know. Yeah, it's like the Simpsons being yellow. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like it just captures your attention. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. I think they, they agreed to have a video done for it, partly because the sort of anti Bush thing was so important they you know, they broke their no interviews standard that they'd set. And I think they were just like, well, we don't have to make someone else has made the music video for us. So yeah. that's fine. The you know, the the flash player um sort of vibe of it. Yeah. Cool. It's kinda of so, like yeah. a, it's like Monty Python meets kinda of like Sledgehammer, like the way it kind of <laughs> Ah Yeah. Very cool video. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's um yeah, it's very, very good. It's one of those sort of liter it's almost like a literal video and everything discussed like a little cartoon Noam Chomsky turns up in there and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's um and you know, I I didn't realise how adorable that was till I said little cartoon Noam Chomsky out loud. <laughs> now I think, oh that's it's kinda of sweet really, isn't it? Um, another great hardcore band name. <laughs> <laughs> we are cartoon Noam Chomsky. And this one yeah. goes out to our friends, obviously. <laughs> um, I realised that mine was, it was Rock Against Bush Volume 1. It was Journey Music. Yes. Ah. 
So, uh, so you actually got uh, you actually got a scar. Uh, no effects, which is pretty much going to be why I like because like just anything with brass would get my attention because I played trumpet as a child because you mm. know grew up in a town in the north I suppose is what happens and <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, do you remember Brass off mm-hmm. the film Tom had a two minute uh, bit in that no I didn't no, no. <laughs> apparently he didn't <laughs> that's, that's a lie. But see, I, I just like trumpet music. Tom's so. dad is Stephen Tompkins. No, it's not. <laughs> that is John Butterworth. He's, he's only Stephen Tompkinson when he's dressed as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, no, any, anything that had a hint of star, I would usually dive into and then kind of back away from a bit when I realize it's not what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And then usually rediscover about five or ten years later when I've got a slightly wider appreciation. I see. So okay. So um so, as well. No, because bad now. No. So you were sort of uh, you were sort of lured to the rocks by NoFX's siren scar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reason, there's a lot less scar in uh, NoFX. Well, I mean, uh, at the moment, because uh, we we did we alternate these interviews with sort of deep dives on on various albums, and we've just got to the uh, entirely scarless point of uh, of NoFX, where there's been very little of that kind of thing because we've just done self-entitled uh yesterday we recorded our discussion of that and uh if you were to play johnny music and then self-entitled you go no these are two different bands these are (laughs) not the same thing whatsoever so uh cool well what we're going to do is we're going to start with the questions before we do the questions, yes, uh, <laughs> I was I was saying this Stop off stalling. I was saying this off air. Cards on the table. I'm not a huge Nevex fan. Um, uh-huh. I like them. I've always liked them, uh, but my knowledge is kind of how would you say it's like a mile wide, but an inch uh, mine thin. Well, it's like my Nevex knowledge is really specific. Okay, it's like I know I know what I like. I know. And I know why I like it, but I don't really go further out of that. And I think that's good. I like that about bands. That's fine, though, because I think that'll stop us from, like, waffling on just, like, bollocks, you know? There's only so much me. we know. Yeah, well, it, it does also mean that every time you tell me something new, I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, go on. Tell me what that is. We're not we're not experts on the matter, but uh, my OCD does mean that if I encounter a new piece of information, it spins round and round and round in my head in case that's what's going to save my life. <laughs> so um, you know, but if I don't know something, absolute blank. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be good fun. So let's uh, let's start off with the first one. It's quite simple. Uh, favorite no effects song. The decline. The decline. Be, um, I, because I can't focus on things for too long. It's like my mind would just scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. And I can typically focus for about 20 minutes on a task or about like the length of no effects is the decline. So it's like a little Pomodoro technique for me. It's like if I just really need to get some work done, bash on the decline, work away at it, and then, you know, go on my merry way and have a cigarette or something when it's done, as Fat Bank would have wanted. Yeah, uh, was, you, you would definitely want the decline to be connected with your productivity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, linoleum, nice, Ooh. classic. 
It's probably it's probably like saying my favorite. It's probably like someone saying the favorite Blink song is "All the Small Things" or something. But, <laughs> but if it's your like, favorite, it's your favorite. There's not. We don't. We're... You know, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I I no. Um, so I have a bit of a blind spot to, well, historically a blind spot as to what is a cover, and I I first heard Linoleum on the street wait streetlight manifesto did it live and they did this bit where they were just like well i wrote this because i was one of the first members of no effect and then they'd hit me out and i didn't know any better so that just became a piece of trivia for me for a bit and i was <laughs> but when William was a streetlight manifesto original <laughs> that's good well i mean to be honest any number of bands could have could have done that because it is a, an incredibly covered song mm. but it is it, it, I think I saw your mate uh, Frank Turner do a cover of that. <laughs> your like, mate Frank Turner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He has done. Uh, oh, FT. Yeah, yeah. FT. F Dog. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Um, he's 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 always cracking out the linoleum. Yeah, he he has done. There's a few videos uh, of him doing that around. I think one of them where Fat Mike is in the crowd. Yeah, and then um, I think he brings Fat Mike up to sing it with him. I think he yeah. might have a, a fest or something. Yeah, it sounds like a fest doesn't it? Also, Frank's answer to the best song was The Decline. So, um... mm. yeah, he's a, which he, which he prefaced, he prefaced like <laughs> How much do I want to agree with Frank Turner? No, I'll take this. I'll take it. <laughs> he, he prefaced it with by saying, um, oh, well, not including the decline. Actually, no, the decline. <laughs> 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 Thinking like it was some sort of cheat, but the the it's the answer to your favorite. So if it's your favorite, you know, have it, please. Everybody has a moment to shine in the decline. Like everybody yes. gets it. The big brass sections. And when I was about fifteen, I had an argument with my best friend because he said oh, it's just a bunch of songs like tacked together, and mm. I was nerdy and stubborn so like i chopped it up into its logical break points and kind of like shuffled it to kind of prove the point of like no it doesn't like and it it's just it's a wonderful song it's just it's a musical of a song i love it Hmm. no it's it's a terrific piece of work we we waxed lyrical about it for quite a while but i don't think i think possibly as a in that sort of way one does I don't think we've really talked about linoleum a huge amount when we were talking about punk and droblick and stuff because we probably took it as no pun intended red that everyone <laughs> knew that linoleum was just a stone cold banger and yes. there's a reason that and there's a reason that loads of bands cover it and there's a reason that it's you know so so good yeah because because it absolutely is I mean you know the for the intro being so simple but also so obvious what it is straight away it's like that's sort of hard to do yeah is is it's it's kind of the key thing about a good pop song in a lot of ways isn't it like mm. if you can identify a song in the first 5 seconds then it suggests it's very going to be a very popular song a lot of the time yeah, I mean, so for some for some reason, the song that just jumped into my head was "Just Can't Get Enough" by Depeche Mode. But that <laughs> that first keyboard sting, it's like you hear that and you go, "Oh, hello." Yeah, yeah. But it's also like Linoleum has that unique quality where you know it immediately, even if you've never heard it before. It's like the first time you hear Linoleum, it's just it's embedded in there, and it's just like it's like anthemic almost. It is anthemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, um, it's crazy. it's such a weird sing along for something which is so a structural. 
Yeah. It's just one big long bit where everyone goes, Lanolia, and that's yeah, that's all you need. That's it. One hook once. <laughs> and it's and it's in your head and it's inside your head forever. Yeah, he literally says that's me inside your head. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. taunting us. But yeah. Fantastic. That's uh can't argue with those. Well, we don't argue with them anyway, we just talk about them, but yeah. So, <laughs> it's gonna... A discussion. It's an open forum. Yeah, exactly. You know what it is. Yeah. So um your favorite no effect song is not your favorite no effect song. Change my mind. That's the new <laughs> format of the show. Um, I love Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> it is great, isn't it? I mean, I don't actually, just to play devil's advocate. So, yeah, that makes me an I'm, intellectual. I'm ambivalent to it. Let's. Yeah, but you still use forums. There's nothing wrong with a good forum. Well, <laughs> should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just trying to think. Am I a member of any forums? I'm not sure that I am. Never mind. Uh, so Discord. Have... Does that count? Oh. Oh yeah, Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah. Discord's like order forums. It's like Gen Z forums, right? Yes, it is. That that's why I'm a little hesitant about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this one is for me or not. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't, I don't, I can't pass for Gen Z. That's the thing. I, I'm people just go stinks of millennial in here, and they just turn around <laughs> and side eye me. I'm Hello everyone, Eddie here. Red and I hope you're enjoying our show. If you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punkrockelite, or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the word to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. You have a favorite NoFX album? The Decline. Warnerism. I was listening yeah. to that earlier. Nice he's got a good. He's, there's a song on that about going to see the Descendants for the first time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thirteen what? Stitches. Thirteen Stitches. That's a good song. Mm. And then he's got Franco on American on. Um, on America. On America. Franco on America. Is he not Franco on American? I think it's Franco on American. Yeah. What? Did, did you get yours from LimeWire, Tom? Is it just <laughs> riddled with spelling mistakes? <laughs> I 100% it. That's Franco on America by Brian Adams. That's why I thought, that's why I thought that um, Call Me Ferris, um, Tom and Eileen was Real Big Fish forever. LimeWire. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. This apparently it was one of the things that um there are a lot of uh Weezer's tracks that people think were done by Weezer and mm. vice versa because of yeah. LimeWire. But like at Leeds Fest a few years ago, Weezer played Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah, they did, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard about they that. Did. <laughs> Confuse everyone. I, I, I think they did it just so the people who turned up to hear Teenage Dirtbag weren't really sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Which is, which is rather sweet, really. My friends saw Wheatus and they opened, middled, and encored with Teenage Dirtbag. It's like, <laughs> like they know what the people want, and I do respect that. Yeah, are... When I saw Europe, they did that with the final countdown. Of course, they did, yeah. There's, uh, there, it might be an urban legend, but apparently Chesney Hawks has played the one and only 10 times in a row due to, <laughs> audience, due to audience bullying. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
like for a little while he did like um university freshers weeks and stuff um maybe yeah. about 10 15 years ago um for the sort of the vintage of people at university would have been with that um because yeah people someone said that um sort of opened with it and then did two encores of the one and only but in between was doing like sort of covers and other stuff but then said then said apparently that you know just 10 10 times round we go i'm the one and only everyone went crazy off their tits on vk or whatever and then um just that was it bye he should have just extended that, like the sh- the show ends and he just keeps playing it by himself, like <laughs> like another seven hours until he's the only one in the entire arena just yeah, I don't think, playing one I don't think Chesney Hawk is going for Tragic Clown. I, I think he should do. <laughs> very tragic figure. I don't know, is he? He's probably doing all right, Chesa. Yeah, he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, was doing fine about 15 years ago on the Freshers Week. Uh, no, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen a picture of him this week on uh, recording. Never mind the buzzcock. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, and he looks oh. very healthy. Oh, good. Good old Chesney. He is. He's the one and only in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the way that this is. This seems to be the way Andrew sort of like gently nudges potential new material over to Tom like Lady in the Tramp with the meatball (laughs) (laughs) only only for Tom to swat it away and go no we're not having Chesney Hawks is the one and only in my eyes no 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 no. (laughs) we'll kiss over spaghetti when you turn it into a football chant you know the rules (laughs) yeah exactly I'm sorry, people are going to be signing your tummy for a bit longer if that's all you've got to bring to the table I'm afraid so I'll, I'll make him do it in a different colour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you can get those multi-packs of uh, permanent markers from uh, the works and stuff. You'd be, yeah. be set. You'd be set. Still today. Where it's a different colour when you click down. Oh, yeah. Ooh, colour change biro. Yeah. Too many and it becomes unwieldy. Anyway, good. Um, so, uh, the new album is quite good. Which one's the new one? What's the new one called? The new no effect, newest no effects album. Double. Double album. Yes, it's got a song on that was intended to be that uh, Mike wrote it and then wanted to give it to Blink One Eight Two. Yes, and he gave. Do we know this? Do, do we know this story? I don't. Um, uh, yeah, well, no, I know the story. Yeah. Do you want to say it, Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk over the guests enough as it is. I think I think being actively encouraged is going to just. Dude, dreadful stuff. Well, it was yeah. it was it was punk rock cliche was the name of That's the song, the and he gave it to Travis Barker. I think Travis... I think the reason that it didn't get used was because he gave it to Matt Skiba and That's said, right, yes. "Tell them you wrote it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was sort of he was trying to Trojan horse his song into Blink One Eight Two through <laughs> his friend Matt Skiba. I mean, that's then... I, I I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Travis or someone caught wind of this and then immediately vetoed the idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they recorded it instead. I like that song. Mm. There's a couple of good, yeah. There's a couple of good ones on um, double album. And when you're sort of 17 albums in, being able to say there's a couple of good ones on that album is pretty good going, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've not recorded our. I don't think you've even listened to those ones yet, have you, Red? 
The last no, couple. I'm saving them for uh, when we Marriage. review them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we all saw how well that went uh, when you... Oh, well, actually, you'll find out just how well that went when Red reviewed an album of no effects uh, they hadn't heard before, probably <laughs> before. It, uh, it went interestingly. So listen out for the self-entitled episode. It's going to be a doozy. Um, cool. That's well, that's, uh, Tony Sly as well. So, oh, yes. That was on uh, First Ditch Effort. Yeah, I'm was, so yeah. sorry, Tony. Yes. That's quite a sad song. Is it is very poignant. First Ditch Effort, the one with Sid and Nancy on it? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a catchy banger. Oh, yeah. It's a good album. Yeah. That yeah. is a good album, yeah. Well worth looking at. Just for uh, for the third question, uh, would you have a favourite lyric of Nalfax? 15 years downloaded, 15 years till his liver exploded. <laughs> nice. Lovely. It's just, I just like any, like, it's again, like, scatterbrain everywhere. Just any hooks that I can catch on to, like, mm. they're the ones that stay. And yeah, Bob has stuck in my brain ever since, like, I don't even know where I first heard it. Probably mm. one of the many, like, was it on P Rock? Might well have been. It might be P Rock, but yeah, one of the many channels it was in the rotation of. There was a video for it as well, I think. So that's yes. very, very likely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, uh, Decline to answer because I <laughs> can't think of it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I, I I put that question in just because, like I say, if I hear something, I tend to sort of throw it around my mind over and over and over again, so it tends to stick. So I sort of remember lyrics. Whereas there are some people who couldn't tell you ten lines from their favorite band. They're just like, oh, no, you know, it's it's one of those things. Some people just don't hear music that way. I'm I'm a bit like I don't really pick out lyrics. It's unlike down less like hooky or like just again actually like Bob as well. Just those ones that are more spoken. Like I'm quite a fan of the theory that shitty vocals actually make me pay attention to lyrics a bit better sometimes hmm. because it's almost like it's being dictated to me rather than dressed I don't know dressed up in a nice voice to me. I don't know how to, yeah. I don't know how to describe that feeling, but. I suppose it's it's like that uh, that band Zico Ross who speak in gibberish. Oh yeah, but none of their lyrics are, are real words. People assumed it was. Are they from Iceland? Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. It, I thought it was just Icelandic. Yeah, so no, they, apparently they just they just make up sounds that are pleasing to the ear to go with the melodies and stuff. So there's no there's no lyrical content. As such, it's yeah. just syllables and and sounds and stuff, and yeah. you know, obviously, very different bands to No Effects, but <laughs> just how it is. I can't I want to listen to though. <laughs> In fact, it reminds me of one of my one of my favourite um, interviews I've ever seen was uh, Craig Charles of um, of Funk DJ and Red Dwarf fame and interviewing Robot Wars. and yeah. Robot Wars interviewing reading porn in the back of his car <laughs> on the way to Coronation Street. Remember that? Oh yeah, back yeah. Of a taxi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back of a taxi. He was high on crack cocaine. Mm. Anyway, pr- prior to his uh, legal <laughs> troubles, um, he was a presenter on a uh, a program, a Channel Four sort of youth program, and uh, he was interviewing Napalm Death. napalm death played a handful of songs because they can do that and still have time to you know 
catch last orders. And uh, <laughs> so they were playing some of their songs. And Craig Charles was interviewing them between the songs. And he was stood there with a copy of the album. And he was like, um, like corporate overlords raping the earth for all she's worth while you die, you know, whatever it is. And, go, there's, and he literally went, there's some good stuff in here, lads. I'll come yeah. it properly. <laughs> 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 it was... <laughs> mm. <laughs> it, is, it is utterly charming uh, the the way he's sort of like, uh, oh, you're doing yourself a disservice here, fellas. You got some really good stuff going on, and you just play, play, play in it. Um, sorry, yeah. So I suppose. It, <laughs> so yeah, that's one of my recommendations for that. You find that Craig Charles, um, uh, No Palm Death on YouTube. Get uh, get on it. It's great fun. Watch that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good fun. Um, so, do you have a, a favourite memory connected to No Effects? Which Tony Hawk were they on? I think. Oh, Underground. They were on Tony Hawk's Underground. They're on Thug. And that made sense because I played that a lot. Again, with Pete, a friend who burnt me all my CDs, it's just anything that was on like Free, Four, and Underground is just linked to memories of just playing Tony Hawk with friends. I'm pretty sure it's Dinosaurs Will Die that's on Underground. Tony Hawk's Underground, uh, Separation of Church and Skate. Ah. Oh! Ah. I've just found on the uh, yeah. <clears throat> on the uh, NoFX uh, fandom, they have a list of all of the video games NoFX uh, have had songs oh, yeah. on. Oh, I love the internet sometimes. Yeah, it's good, yeah. isn't it? Oh, on Tony Hawk Ride, uh, Just the Flu from ribbed that's so weird isn't it i've never played ride is that the one that came with an actual state like peripheral stable oh yes you're right oh, and it, it like almost bankrupted them yeah yeah they had a song on dance dance revolution ultra mix three <laughs> which one the bath of least resistance <laughs> which, is a, which is a b-side or like a sort of a yeah Oh, please do a Twitch film where you just play all the no effect video games. <laughs> <laughs> there was a grind session. They had linoleum on. Trans World Surf. They had Total Bomber. ESPN X Games Pro Border. All his suits are torn. But NCAA Football 06. He had Jeff Wes Birkenstocks. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> what is this going? What is going on? Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. there's the. Uh, We'll put those in the in the description of the show. That's uh, that's some interesting. There's some good stuff here, lads. <laughs> <laughs> National Hockey League 07, Wolves in Wolves clothing. It's just hockey and football games, and they're putting like they're like, well, Tony Hawk did very well with this this punk music, so let's do it with American football and hockey. All right. I think, I think it's probably just on like the selecting teams like screens. Yeah, that. yeah, it will be. Yeah, not a clue, but I had a couple on. Uh, on Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero World oh Guitar Hero World Tour they had sold out from we... White Trash and then Guitar Hero World Tour DLC linoleum because they knew linoleum. you would pay for linoleum <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was if you told me linoleum's going to be on FIFA I'd play FIFA <laughs> <laughs> yeah linoleum lasts about two minutes I understand a game of football is much longer than that <laughs> not on FIFA. Oh, I, yeah. what, like 10, ten? Yeah, it's about ten, ten instead of forty-five. 
I'd prefer 10 Chesers, Chesney Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one and only over and over again till the football ends. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, I went to see NoFX co-headline with Trio in Ooh. 2000 and I want to say 16, something like that. Um, that was a good. That's my favourite No Effects memory, I suppose. Amazing. Which you... Slam Dunk as well. I will have seen them at Slam Dunk at some point. Yeah. Uh, now I think about. I think I saw them co-headline with Alkaline Trio, but I'd, I'd forgot Alkaline Trio were on that gig. But I yeah. think. Did you, did you see them at Leeds O two? Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 I went to that. Yeah. Yeah. Good gig. I can't remember who the there will have been another support back. I, I think it was Lagwagon. I'm pretty oh, certain right. Lagwagon was on before them. I think I must have missed Lagwagon then. Because I, I remember May 16 um, vividly. Yeah. I've never seen them. I don't think I ever will now. We'll get back together. I know, I know, but it'll be ages away. Mm. <laughs> and I'll forget. You know what I'm like? <laughs> They'll announce about, oh, get that, write it down. Well. I, I think like, <laughs> the chances of them doing international gigs, I think, are probably quite slim. But I would be very surprised if there aren't a handful of small domestic shows that they do over the next 10, 20 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do... Always... Go on, sorry. The, uh, some, some bands always do like a Christmas show. Yes, like that. that's a good point. They might do like a... You know, like uh, Dropkick Murphy's uh, St. Patrick's Day shows. Yeah. Yeah, I think Rocket from the Crypt do like one show a year these right. days. And it's like a sort of anniversary thing. Um, or like, you know, Tiger Army haven't don't do anything for a while, but they always do a Halloween show because, of course, they do. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think there are some bands that just sort of go, we're going to just legacy this once a year for the uh, the hardcore people who uh, carry on with us but then i suppose i mean now there's the museum of punk rock and they seem to keep it plans to expand that so they may well put a, a venue yeah in there and i wouldn't be surprised that if that's somewhere sense. where they crop up yeah that would make a lot of sense because it's the sort of place where you could easily coax various bands out of retirement to do one more show or, or even the bands who refuse to retire to do one more show mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't surprise me because I don't. I think they said no more. I mean, it's always been worded as no more touring rather than we'll never perform live ever again. Yeah, like, this yeah. is the last yeah. road we're hitting. And so, yeah, if they were to do the odd one here or there, I don't think anyone would think they were massive liars. Oh, yeah, no, so everyone has tax bills to pay at the end of the day. Not if you sink it all into one easily write-offable museum. <laughs> i don't know uh i don't know that it's that malicious but yeah um but what about yeah well i mean don't necessarily need a sort of a a memory of of seeing no effects but just one that they are involved in i suppose some um i was like like to say it's like i remember like no effects i remember listening to war and errorism like I've never listened, like, I've heard it probably since, but up until about the age of 18, I'd only ever heard it in one headphone because my mate had the other. Um, <laughs> just like, and just just on the bus to college and to school, well, not school, but, but on the bus to college and just rinsing the, the album. Yeah. Basically, like, because Franklin American was on it. That's, I think that's the reason we all bought that album. But we had a common room in sixth form and 
someone would put uh, "Don't Call Me White" on like seven times a day. <laughs> Remember that? People that like no effects always seems a bit cooler than me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Because I was into blue. <laughs> <laughs> But if you, but it, it seemed a little bit more kind of mysterious, and I hadn't, I didn't really know much about no effects, and it seemed more punk to me, which is, you know. When I was 12, one of the bigger boys told me that some 41 was for babies and the real kids listened to no effects. Yeah. But he also said Lincoln Park, so grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's one of those things. I think I think no effects are. Who was it? Who's I can't remember who said it, but someone we spoke to said, no effects were like, the very, the like the best known of the unknown, bands. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like the sort of they're like baby's first underground band. Mm. In that it's very easy to get access to all of their stuff. But then they also lead you to through fat and epitaph and all that stuff, and then down into the you know, all the way through. And you go, wait a minute, they but this band weren't originally on epitaph, they were on this other label. What's this? Ah, and you open it up, and it's like you know, you sort of un- unleash another Pandora's box of, of stuff you've got to look through. So, yeah, they are uh, they are a, a gateway, they're a, they're a second gateway, I think. Yeah, and so I remember the guy, find... the guy, yeah. Our college had a lag wagon hoodie on, uh, and then it had the Fat Wreck logo on the back. Hmm. And he got his dick stuck in a milk bottle at one point. <laughs> yeah. Don't know there if it's related, but maybe lag wagon fans like to uh, fornicate with <laughs> bottles. I, <laughs> I mean, like I mean, the, the there has always been a close association with that sort of, we'll call it skate punk. And the mm. the jackass slash dirty Sanchez approach to self entertainment, especially at that, especially like two thousand three. Oh yeah, yeah. prime yeah, yeah. era of. Um, hey, I wonder what would happen if this ha- if I did this. Oh, it hurt. Oh, no, <laughs> it's easier time to be a straight white man than two thousand three to two thousand five. Even if you've got no discernible talent, you can still staple your cock to a snooker, snooker table. Yeah, yeah. And MTV will buy it. <laughs> in Dirty Sanchez, do you remember those boys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Welsh answer to Jackass. Yeah, he's a best-selling vegan chef now. The one that went out with Charlotte Church. Uh, Pritchard. Yeah, yeah. He went out with Charlotte Church. And above Welsh. Well, there you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> and in that case, it was probably arranged. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have a say in it. Their parents did it. Closed door. <laughs> yeah. So what? One of Sanchez is now a, a vegan. A guy who's probably like. Eaten off sausages, yeah, on yeah, telly yeah. just for yeah on the telly best-selling book. It's oh, weird. Right. <laughs> it's... But it... yeah, credit is to it... reinventing. Sure, is it still sort of like super anti-establishment and out there? Is it like oh, vegan? But whoa, I've fallen over. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think I think he does use like alternative cooking methods. You know, what? like oh, I'm gonna cook this with a blowtorch. I think he is one oh. of those. He's he's like a vegan Heston. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> now I now I want to see Heston skateboard uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, off a balcony or something. Like just, <laughs> there, there we go, this'll do. 
Maybe that's what happened. Heston did that, hit his head, and then thought, I'm going to reinvent cooking. <laughs> <laughs> the way we cook is dull to me. Um, okay, cool. So let's have a look. Um, oh, yeah. So do you have any uh, any suggestions of how a non-fan might be uh, introduced to no effects? How about this? As not a massive fan, why sure. don't you flip the question and you can tell me... <laughs> Oh, you crafty bastard. Well, let, well <laughs> cut out the middleman. Why doesn't Tom suggest to you what you should listen to? Well, I'm not convinced of Tom's There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just listen to the I, know, I, I think I've been the same way to... Because, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of War on Errorism is a good album. But it's like back to, back to front, it, back to front, sonically great. It makes sense. It goes up and down in all the right places. It's just it's a strong album. And I think it's a good starting point because it's that point, to my understanding, no effects where they're a bit more polished. So they're going to be a bit kind of easier to digest as a first time listener, but not to the point where they're like a completely different band. Okay, cool. I'll make a note of that. I think that that is actually an incredibly good sell for War on Errorism. And uh, I think it is, I think it is possibly peak no effects for that in that it, they are recognizable as the band who did white trash and uh punk and droblick but like you say mike's voice is is pretty good on that and they also know how to record his voice so that he sounds pretty good but they're also putting in harmonies of people who can sing yeah. and <laughs> and you know they've got uh and yeah they've they've got a little variety they've got um well they've got anarchy camp which uh and the saxophone on that must have made your heart sing uh when you heard yeah. that one tom yeah <laughs> found out that was uh josh freeze uh no, was it josh oh, freeze yeah. not the, josh the drummer, isn't yeah the drummer it's his oh, his brother jason freeze yeah yes uh whose father you'll know is a famous tuba player yeah, because they exist apparently. Um, so uh, yeah, field. It's easy to rise to fame in it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah, I am actually the most famous origamiist that uh, that there is. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> who do you prefer, Josh Freeze, uh, Jason Freeze, or uh, Mister Freeze? Mister Freeze from uh, from, from the Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Mister Freeze. Yeah, but he can't rock like the other two. Yeah, but Heart of Ice, man. Yeah, yeah basically Heart of Ice. Nora. That's, that's it. I mean, if if Josh or Jason could affect me with one strike of the drum or one blow of the saxophone the same way Mr. Freeze can by just saying Nora very quietly and sadly, yeah. then okay. I'd be in the running. Like, either of the Freezes or Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough that one. It is. I think they're all on level pegging. They might be. I mean, to be honest, I think, I think quite famously, Arnold Schwarzenegger got paid what worked out as a million dollars per minute of screen time. What? <laughs> He's in it very, very little, and <laughs> and asked for a huge amount. Uh, I don't. He could have done months of filming, and they just whittled it down to this perfect performance. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know how Joel Schumacher makes films. Yeah, but 
<laughs> but, but yeah, so that's it's, it's a good one. That I think it, Josh might pip him to the post, but uh, Josh Fries is the drummer in uh, Foo Fighters now, is he not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's the new yeah. Foo Fighters drummer. Yeah, leaving leaving offspring with a drum machine for one gig. <laughs> it's not true. I think they found somebody, but uh, he was there. He was in. He was in Vandals for a while as yeah, well. Vandals, yeah, Vandals. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails as well. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been uh, all over the place. And basically, the, I think the general feeling was, um, oh, it's not. It's like he's been put out to stud. It's like, oh well, he's, he's done all that. He doesn't have to try anymore. He's off to do it. Join the Foo Fighters. That's nice for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's joined a function band. Fair enough. Yeah, it's like it's like all the drummers got together and went. Oh, did you hear? Josh got taken up in the rapture. Oh, I'm so pleased for him. <laughs> just, just descended. Everything is fine now. You need never worry for anything again. Apart from comparisons to a much beloved dead man, which. Yeah. That's going to be rough for a little bit. Bless him. Cool. Well, um, we've got two more questions left, and uh, this one might be uh, might be a little easier. Uh, what do you think NoFX's legacy is? Oh, the decline. <laughs> <laughs> um, Getting that... in there to make to make Tom sound like a copycat. <laughs> uh, fat records. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just it's, it's just it's just a legacy, isn't yeah. it? Really, it's like it, it. They wouldn't have been able to get it up and going if it wasn't for No Effects, and that has and everything that No Effects was was funneled into that for such a long time, and it's given this great roster of bands mm-hmm. that would not have been picked up anywhere because half of them were liabilities. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't remember which band it is who spiked Fat Mike on their first meeting of him. And he was just like, well, it's not what you're meant to do, but I'll sign you. <laughs> I, I believe it was Get Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course it was. <laughs> it was Sam yeah. King. who was just like, oh, guess what, guys? What? I, I, he probably found something in his pocket he didn't know he had. And was like, I'm going to drop that in his beer. That's fucking yeah. brilliant. It is, <laughs> it, it is sort of extreme bants. I think that's an example of Fat Mike really likes people who are more punk than him. <laughs> and what he means by that is a dangerous liability. <laughs> the, I mean, a lot of bands have put their own stuff out in the past, but yeah, the idea that you can put your own stuff out on quite a, a much larger scale yeah, and also incorporate your friends' bands into that and, and mm. Give them a leg up as well. I think that's a big part of the legacy. Like you say, Tom. Yeah, I think it is that uh, it is proper DIY because you know, like any band that does well enough to eat more than one meal a day, no effects get accused of being sellouts. You know, quite a lot for for yeah. various reasons by a lot of people who don't really know what the word sellout really means. But yeah. it's like you know, they they could have they could have signed to a major label at any point well not any point but you know for for quite a lot of it they could have easily gone on to go wherever but they were on epitaph because they were because they you know idolized bad religion and epitaph were like yeah we'll put you out and then eventually they went oh do you know what we can do this ourselves and that's super exciting and i think you know 
yeah without that kind of thing i i, I don't want to uh put words in your guys mouths but the idea of you know being able to go and do precisely what you want to do you know th that idea is super powerful and yeah. fat records is often one of the first really pure examples of that yeah that you sort of encounter you can guarantee that fat mike would have got a massive kick out of putting that descendants record <laughs> yeah. out on his own oh, label. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well i think it's really exciting and it's also like you were saying earlier that no effects are like a very good second gateway band as fat records is also a great gateway label mm. because it's uh it's, yeah. it's got a wide distribution it's every it's you know it's everywhere but it's still underground enough that everything that kind of stems from that and hydra effects off from that mm. just gets niche and niche and niche yeah yeah i think i think so many underground labels independent labels wouldn't be the same or have the same idea of what they could achieve if fat wasn't on the horizon yeah, and and the sort of the main difference between Fat and Epitaph is these days Epitaph puts out sort of mumble rap, hyper pop, you know, sort of all sorts of stuff. Whereas um, No Effects has literally been Fat Mike's own personal taste and fuck all else, <laughs> and but has made it work equally and has made it work for the bands and the label. And it, and it does mean you can be as stubborn as you want. You can make it work if you if you do the work, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great answer, and I think yeah, that whole thing of just being so DIY. Yeah, well, we come to our final question: No money in the bank, Tom and Andrew. Uh, do you have a favourite member of No Effects? El Jefe. El Jefe. Ooh. Nice. No hesitation there either. Oh. Always the trumpet player. Ah. Yeah. Of course. Like, it's just I liked anybody who made trumpet seem accessible to me as a kid. So it's like, because like, when you play trumpet as a kid in the north of England, it's like, it's marching bands and, mm. you know, it's brassed off. It's all that sort of stuff. And You were in that, weren't you? I, I seem to yeah, 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 I remember yeah. hearing that. Yeah, too much yeah. of But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like seeing, you know, star bands and trumpet in stuff like in stuff like no effects made it seem much more attainable in a way that you don't really get with the like the more classical instruments in popular mm. music because usually when a trumpet's in a song it's like a john ronson i'm gonna polish it up with this rather yeah. than you know in the early days of no effects certainly just some dude trying his hardest <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah in in vast off you know the seat <laughs> <laughs> Tom was in the bit where, where he puts his trumpet up there, Jason Biggs is bum. I want that. I would have been free. That's a different film. I would have been three years yeah. old. I remember that scene <laughs> where, where, where they were all like, oh, and this one time down the pit. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? Sorry. Favourite member. member. Oh, yeah. Uh, is the drummer smelly? He's, yeah, he's smelly. I like him. He's, yeah, he has a kind of air of I don't give a fuck about any of this, and he's just like... <laughs> yeah, he really does. Um, it's weird actually because he gives the air of really not giving a fuck about it. But if you uh, ever read their book, which I do highly recommend as a uh, uh, a rock memoir, um, tub one hepatitis hepatitis bathtub. Yeah. Uh, 
ideally on audio uh, because they all read their own chapters and um, yeah they read their own chapters and for the previous members uh, Steve Adwaller and Dave Casillas they don't get them back to they they interview them for the chapters but they have um, Dave Casillas is read by Tommy Chong <laughs> just just so he can say Dave's not here man <laughs> The only reason they got him for that, and uh, Steve, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Kidwiler, sorry, Steve Kidwiler is uh, his episode, his pages are read by uh, Jello Biafra. Oh wow! I mean, yeah. If you're so go they with... just they just thought that would be fun. So um, yeah, but that's definitely well worth uh, hunting down. But in it, uh, Smelly actually talks very very eloquently about how much no effect means to him. No. So the fact that he manages to give off the air of really not caring is uh, is is pretty fun. But yeah, I mean, they stuck by him throughout with all his uh, heroin yes. stuff, didn't they? I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it does seem uh, very tight knit uh, as a unit, which is always nice to uh, nice to think about. Again, yeah. I th- I consider that to be part of their legacy as well. You can, I mean, they've been the same lineup for thirty years. Yeah. And a band sort of in total for 40 with three core members there for the vast majority of it. That's pretty rare. Yeah. For some is. bands that only last 10 years. Some bands you look at, you know, one album to the next and all of the the lineups are totally different. Yeah. yeah. Or you can go full mad caddies and just fire everyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway. Cool. That's uh, appreciate that. We've come to the end of all the questions. Uh, do you have anything you would like to plug? I've just got a final thought about no effect. <laughs> oh, please, please, absolutely. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> What's the deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Uh, what was my? Oh, yeah, so have you seen the the other F word? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great film. Fat mm-hmm. Mike comes across as a wonderful father. But he's the only man that I've ever seen that will uh, take a piece of toast, put it on a plate. Rather than butter it, he's got one of those squirty things and you just squirt butter <laughs> on your toast like that. Oh, you are the second person to bring this up <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. Um, it's true. I mean, yeah, after everything, but squirty butter. It <laughs> does sound mental, to be fair. It is, it is quite mental. You, you don't forget it in a hurry. Tom Sidwell of the Midlife Punk podcast brought that up uh, on uh, the episode we did with those two, uh, him and Niall. And um, yeah, and he was, you seem sort of, fascinated in a sort of anthropological sort of interest yeah. way he he was revolted oh. <laughs> like, absolutely just disca- he's like americans they spray on butter he was like he's like like considered it to be the height of lazy american decadence yeah i, I bet you anything it's because you can't stand cleaning cutlery that would make that sound like it, it's you know like he doesn't like cleaning cutlery. Also, all of the cutlery in his house has been used to hot knife hash. <laughs> uh, so, or some sort of S and M business has gone on with it. So you don't know yeah, if that's a nice bum play. fork yeah. or a food fork. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know S and M very well. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, the director thought it was worth keeping the shot in for whatever reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah really did. It was very... I mean, my favourite thing about that documentary is your man from Rise Against teaching his daughter how to play Swin Wife away, and she just does not care. 
Yeah. <laughs> She'll have heard that song every day since she yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, she, she, she'd much rather be listening to some sort of pop music that children enjoy. No, 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 come on. We got, this is one of my moody songs. Yeah, all right then. <laughs> It'd be really funny if she just said, why can't we learn black masks and gasoline? <laughs> yeah. it's a better song to be fair so, yeah. um no the yeah the the other f word is uh is kind of interesting because it is we should do a watch along for that on this yeah we should yeah, actually that's a, that's a we, good idea. i think we will definitely do an episode on it definitely we'll be doing that we'll definitely be doing the uh the backstage passport tv series and oh, stuff yeah. like that we might we might even do some commentary uh for special because uh it'd be pretty fun but yeah so um yeah do you have any any things that you'd like to plug you said you've got uh, dates in penryn and some other stuff coming up as well this is going out like on monday so oh brilliant okay no it's not uh so yeah so it's not like we're gonna be going oh yeah and by the way have you got anything happening end of november you know so um, so on September 9th, we will be down in Penryn, Cornwall at the Fish Factory, and that is with Dan Powell, Mabel Slattery, and Buster Kitten. Uh, September 3rd, we've got a music gig, just pure music, and that's uh, the very lovely Superfans with Perfect Teeth and Pale Sailor on support. Mm-hmm. On October 26th, we've got Valhalla at Wolf Chambers with Joe Kent Walters, Maxine Wade, and the band Character Actors. And then we've got mm-hmm. a Christmas one on December 14th with Erin Tett, Orc the Clown, and the Latchkey Kids. And also we've got a series of releases coming up on Init Records um, within the next few weeks. But I don't have those written down in front of me, but I would be, Mark would be aghast if I didn't mention it. So uh, Send them over, I'll put them in the uh, description. So if you want to find out what those tantalizingly teased we, releases we, are. We definitely have uh, new singles from Trouble Sleeping coming out on Saturday. I know about, well, this Saturday. So they will be out now. Go listen to Trouble Sleeping. Lovely state punk from Sheffield. Also, <laughs> Nottingham Comedy Festival is when? November. Mm-hmm. Nottingham, <laughs> Nottingham Comedy Festival, November, I want to say. Yeah, I think it is November. Yeah. Is, yeah. That, uh, is, that, is that a no money show or are those solo shows? They are solo, solo shows. That's no money show is going to be at Leicester, but uh, we haven't sorted it yet. Yeah. Gotcha. But that's everything. It's a lot. I keep telling people that I'm not very busy, and then I read that out, and I'm like, "Oh dear." (laughs) (laughs) How it goes sometimes. Well, we'll put all of the details of those. If you've got a link tree or something, we'll sling that. We'll sling that in the description if you want to see No Money in the Bank. Or, or what's wonderful is if you only liked one of them, you can find out where just one of them is doing stuff. So, but yeah. But don't do I that. Thought, I, thought, I, I, I thought <laughs> that might have got a laugh. I didn't actually mean it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> we do go everywhere. We live together. We go everywhere together. Yeah, there's true. no way. If you don't like one of us, there's no avoiding the other. <laughs> that is true. If you if you don't love me at my if you don't love me at my Tom, you don't deserve me at my Andrew. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great show title. <laughs> have it, please. Uh, it's no good to me. I'm not called either of those things. So. <laughs> Uh, so thank you ever so much no money in the bank Andrew and Tom you truly are members of the punk rock elite we thank really you. really appreciate you spending the evening with us yes thank you very much a lot time. Of cool take care now we'll see Red and I will see you all in the outro bye 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 and there you have it that's what happens when a Tom meets an Andrew and they become friends 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's really Pretty lovely good. to see in the wild. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you because Andrews and Tom's, do they normally mix? Ironically, Tom and Jerry do, but uh, we've, we've covered a lot of Jerry's today. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, do go and check out um, Valhalla of Decadence, which is the name of their comedy and music nights, wherever they pop up. Um, it's a, a great, great thing. I've enjoyed seeing them working on this from afar. And uh, the fact that it's working, the fact that it's happening is super exciting and uh, should be applauded and rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Got anything uh, Anything to let people know about, Red? Uh, oh, have I? Have I? I think, I, you know, I think I'm just going to plug the pantomime again. If Do you have kids? Do you live in the Manchester area? Do you enjoy... Uh, theatre for all ages mm-hmm. um, we the pantomime that we put on is like a genuinely good show that has something for people as you know like kids as young as five and adults as old as dead and it um... brings some dead people <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and you know like it's it half uh, price. It's, a, it's a smaller production we don't have any like big celebrities in it or anything like that but it's by no means a cheap production and it's certainly not an amateur production. It's mm. proper professional pantomime as it should be done. Um, and yeah, you know, we've got a, a cast full of um, quite young dancers. So like what I quite like about our pantomime is if you do bring kids to see it, they'll also see kids on stage being a part of the show. Mm. And if uh, you have any youngins that are like interested in getting into theater and the performing arts, I think it's a really fun and inspiring show for, for young people to see. I believe uh, last review read very strong junior chorus. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it did, but uh, I know the term for group of children who are brought out for the dancing in a pantomime. <laughs> it's the uh, it's just the inside inside knowledge you get from uh, from being a thespian, you see. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, well, that does sound good, and uh, we're recording this, admittedly, the last day of August, but August nonetheless to talk about a pantomime so uh timing as always brilliant but yeah that's cool um i i don't think i've got much uh to talk about on this particular week so we'll just call it there thank you ever so much red thank you eddie we'll see you all later do let people know about it uh give us a like give us a review and uh, most of all take care and we'll see you next time bye bye absolutely see you soon goodbye Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.